You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Let's talk about microdosing. You know that feeling when your body and mind are really at peace, like after a workout or a nice long shower, where you've relaxed, you're focused, and a little energized? It feels just right, like you're in the zone. Well, Microdose can help you not only get into that zone easier, but stay there longer. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. I absolutely love how helpful these gummies are. For me, half a Microdose gummy during the day helps me really stay centered and really fresh as I get everything done on my list. And they really help me relax in the evenings as well and just be present and in the moment instead of worrying about things from the day or what I have to do tomorrow. Get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com, promo code MinaAF. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com, promo code MinaAF for 30% off and free shipping. microdose.com, promo code MinaAF. I'm Mina Starziak-Hawk, and this is Mina AF, where I answer all of your questions and you can ask me anything. Can we talk about money? Can you still breastfeed with implants? You're both boss moms, and I'd love to know the story of how you met. Literally anything any of you want to hear. Listen as we build a community and get to know each other better. Hey, you guys. Uh, happy Tuesday. Mina here on Mina AF. So glad you all made it through Monday. Hopefully it wasn't too rough of a one. Um, but today we are going to talk about therapists, medication, on, off, when you decide to do it, when you decide to change them, all those kind of fun things. So this was all actually kicked off by a listener question from Katie. Hi, Mina. My name is Katie. Um, I was just listening to your podcast and I had to pause it to send you this question. So you've been pretty open about um, your mental health and medications that you're on. I was just curious, what was the trigger for you um, to stop and see a therapist, get some help, and get on medication? Thanks for sharing. That really is such a good question. And again, definitely not one that's too personal. You guys know I talk about all that kind of stuff. And if you all follow me on Instagram, which I think most of the listeners do, if you don't, you can. I'm Mina underscore Starziak underscore underscore Hawk. But Recently, I made an adjustment in my medication, and um, I will get to that story because I think I talked about it on social media, but I don't think I talked about it here. To be honest, I do not remember exactly when I started my medication. I know during college, um, I was like on and off Adderall for ADHD or you know what I thought was ADHD, um, and I think it wasn't until I was probably a little bit older um, in my like mid twenties where I started feeling a little bit more stress, a little bit more anxiety. I think it came with kind of those times in my life when I was starting to be more like adult with adult decisions. I, um, I, I, <laughs> I hate to say this, it's not because of the show, but I think it probably was around the time that we all started filming. Cause there were so many things going on at the time 
I was theoretically changing careers and I had a new very serious boyfriend and my mom had a new very serious boyfriend and it was affecting our relationship and there was just a lot going on. Um, and I believe when I started, um, it was just Wellbutrin, which is, uh, I'm not, I'm not even going to pretend I'm a doctor. I know it's an antidepressant. And for me, I never felt depressed. And I know that's kind of confusing for some people why you would be on various medications like Wellbutrin's an antidepressant. You're not depressed. Why would you be on it? My understanding now, you know, like 10 years later after being on it and being on different combinations of things is while, yes, it might fall under that category, there's different combinations that can affect different people differently. So for me, I think the decision to start, I mean, I guess as far as a therapist, like I've seen one on and off since I was a child, you know, when my parents thought they needed to put me in therapy when they were getting divorced, but it wasn't really super helpful because everything was dysfunctional. So I'm not going to lie. I did not have a great relationship with therapy. I thought it was just kind of, you know, what you have to do to check the box to say, yeah, I tried to help out. I, you know, I tried to help my kids get through this. I tried to do this, but um, I hadn't really felt like it had helped much to that point. Um, but then once I was in my 20s and was really feeling this sense of like, there are a lot of stressors, there are a lot of things going on. My mindset is like, let's fix it and let's fix it the quickest across the board, whether it's my mental health, my physical health, um, you know, a construction problem, whatever it is, I am a fixer. So you have to go see a doctor to get medication, usually a psychiatrist, someone that can prescribe it. So when I first did that, that opened up the door for the conversation about, okay, well, we're we're going to be able to do a combination of medication therapy, but also talk therapy. Because it usually what I found is a combination of both is really the best. Sorry, I don't know if you guys can hear, but I think my children just got home and they're <laughs> making crazy noises in the background. But that's how it started for me. So I think it was probably 15, 10, 15 years ago. And then I started on Wellbutrin. And for me, that did not, I think my anxiety was what was the most challenging. And I think this is why it's so important to also be regularly seeing a therapist to talk through the issues because they're the ones that are professionally trained to say, okay, this medication isn't working. Let's maybe try pairing it with this or try pairing it with these other two things or taking that off and weaning you off one and putting you on to another because there's such complicated medications, some of them, that you really, really need to be under doctor supervision. If you're making any adjustments, get a fast forward to and go ahead and tell you guys my uh, self-weaning story from a few months ago. So I was on Wellbutrin and Lexapro for the longest time. And I was like, this is great. This is the perfect combination for me. It keeps me myself, but just not as like high level anxiety um, because I I get like, I physically manifest my anxiety at my, my jaw locks up. I clench my fists. I get nauseous because my, you know, my stomach is clenched. So the addition of the Lexapro was really, really helpful for me to just make everything still, all the feelings still there, but the unproductive anxiety part of the feeling kind of much more manageable. And then being on it so long, I, I didn't know much about it. Um, but, you know, as happens in a marriage, you know, your sex life wanes, it goes up and down. And one of the things that Steve and I talked about was that Lexapro can have an effect on your sex drive. And 
while I know there are a million other things in my life that have an effect on it, it's two kids, it's the stress of life, it's just, you know, it's everything. Because unfortunately, like thinking about us and our needs is one of the last things we do as adults. Um, I think that sometimes includes our sexual needs. Sorry if this is awkward for anyone listening. But so having that conversation was kind of hard because I think at first felt like, oh, well, like there's a problem with me then. But once I kind of got over that, it was like, okay, no, I did the research. Lexapro can have a significant effect on your sex drive. So while I can't change our life in some of the stressors in our life right now, maybe that's something I can change. And um, I started to like wean myself off without actually talking to my therapist. And I think it was like day three where I was like, nope, not this was not it. Should not have done that. I'm not ready. And like jump right back on and abandon ship. Um, and then I went to go see her and had a conversation about it. Um, and we kind of we kind of talked through it together. And she was like, okay, I see what you're saying. I see why, you know, you want to try to not be on Lexapro, but what we really need to do is build up something else in your system that's going to help support you while we're removing that, what like the chemical reaction of the Lexapro, because it's an SSRI, which is a serotonin reuptake inhibitor, something. It sounds like happy juices to your brain. So when you stop doing it, it takes a while for your body to like reconfigure, like recalibrate itself. So I just stopped and that was not a good thing. So what we decided was that I was going to add Latuda on, which is also um, an anti-anxiety, but not an SSRI. Um, Add Latuda, let that build up in my system and then tear off the Lexapro. Um, And I was only on 10 milligrams. It wasn't a ton. Um, so I did, you know, my, my regular, and then I think every 10 days, I think I knocked it down to like seven and a half, then to five, then to two, then to nothing. And I thought I was in the clear. So I'd been off of it for a couple weeks, the mental, emotional part of it, I had, I'd managed well, like I had felt some anxiety, but it was all very manageable. And I started having all of these crazy physical symptoms, the most upsetting of which was literally it felt like at the time I said it felt like I was putting like my tongue on a D battery inside my brain. It was like these zaps, but they were like misfires. But it felt like my brain was having these like little zappy seizures all the time, all day. And this was for, it'd been going on for a month along with like lethargy and nausea. And we'd been trying to figure out by we, I mean Steve and I, because we're clearly doctors, trying to figure out, like even with my dad, I'm like rattling off all my symptoms. Like what could this be? Of course, uh, you know, on WebMD, all these things. And everyone I'm talking to, they're like, what has changed? Like literally nothing has changed. My diet hasn't changed. My my exercise hasn't changed. Nothing has changed. The only thing I did was tear off my Lexapro, but I stopped that a few weeks ago and that and before any of this started. And I can't remember what made the connection for me, like what research, honestly, I think it was one of you guys on um, social media that said I should look into, gosh, I'm not even going to remember what it's called now, but it's an SSRI pretty much withdrawal. Um, And it was every single symptom I had to a T. And I was looking at the last day I took my Lexapro as there was a gap of about two weeks before I started developing these symptoms. But a lot of medications have a different half-life. So even though the last day I took my Lexapro was X day, the last day it was in my body 
was maybe why day, 10 or 11 or 12 days later. So I hadn't made the connection in my brain. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. And then I started doing a lot of research about this SSRI um, pretty much withdrawal. And... For some people, it's about 20% of people um, who experience it and experience it like pretty heavily like I was. Um, And once I knew it was happening, like that was helpful, but all the information was not super helpful because it's like some people this lasts a week, some people this lasts four months, some people this lasts six months. And it had already been going on about two months at that point when we figured it out. And so Steve's like, screw this. It's not worth it. Get back on the Lexapro. Like, we'll figure out sex. Not worried about that. You're having like little brain seizures. Um, and I was like, you know what? I've been, I've been dealing with it for two months. I'm not going to – like, I, I can deal with it for another, what, like month or two. And that's really about what it was. And then I just slowly noticed that they went away. And I don't know if it's as simple as I'm going to make it sound, but like those zaps in the brain, it's like – when you're on Lexapro, it's this substitute, like happy juice shooting into your brain. And then when you stop doing it, your brain has to redo those connections to give itself its own serotonin. So it was like trying to fire and say, here's some serotonin, and then it wasn't getting there. And so it was just like these zaps all the time. Um, and it was it was really tough. And I think for a lot of people, having that conversation about mental health, particularly if it's tied with like your relationship or your sexual health, it's all just like super hard to have and super hard to pull apart. It's just, it can be like super emotionally charged. So I was doing this this thing where I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm getting off this for you, even though it was really for me and it was better long-term because being on an SSRI super long-term from again, what I've researched and I am now, you know, technically a doctor, not at all you guys. Um, it's definitely not the best thing to be on super long-term because you do want your brain to be able to kind of pick back up where it left off. Um, And the longer you're on something that's doing your brain's job for it, the harder it is for your brain going to be able to be able to like pick back up and do that. Um, So that was like my most recent kind of uh, therapy medication adjustment. But um, kind of like rewinding again back to when I started like talk therapy and I was first prescribed the Wellbutrin and Lexapro. Um, it was like towards the beginning of mine and Steve's relationship. And I think we both had decided like we were the ones, we were it for each other, but we definitely had things we needed to work out. So we wanted to give ourselves the best chance at at working. And I think 
at that age, at a younger age, even now, like every year, I'm like, oh my God, I'm such a better communicator. I've learned so much more. I know so much more. I'm going to learn so much more next year. So this being 10 years ago, having someone there to help us communicate that really had a, a stronger skill set than we do, we did, was huge. And, you know, we've still been with the same therapist um, that we started seeing God, almost since we've been together. Um, so she knows all of our ups and downs. And that's kind of tricky too, um, is finding the right therapist because particularly with me, I got a whole lot of baggage. So if Steve and I were to start over at some point and I'd have to like try to sit down with a therapist and be like, okay, let me catch you up on 40 years of dysfunction and then let me catch you up on my husband's first 20 years of like perfect life that then turned into dysfunction. And now let's talk about where we meshed and then how the dysfunction all came together. We would be like a year into therapy before we could start even making progress. So it can feel super, super daunting. And it's also really important to find the right therapist that like works for you and that you feel like hears you and understands you. Um, and I've had other ones before. Um, one that I had um, when I was in my earlier 20s, she like strictly believed in talk therapy and not really medication. And it felt like the goal of therapy wasn't to get me better and to get me out of it, but to just keep chit-chatting. Um, and I did that for quite some time. Then I was like, this is not, this is not my goal. I want to find a therapist whose goal is to make it so I don't need them. They've given me the skill set that maybe I need to do a touch base a few times a year, but not something where their like core belief in talk therapy is that this is what we're going to do the rest of your life and we're going to do it on a weekly or a biweekly basis. Um, and all that being said, for a lot of people, um, even, even you know friends that I know, family that I know, it's really, really challenging to try to talk to someone like I'm in therapy have been for a long time. I'm working on myself. And there's only so much I can do um, when I'm struggling with interpersonal relationships, whether it's friends or family, if the other half of that struggle isn't doing the work, um, which I think is probably what a lot of you guys can relate to. Um, and that's really hard because you want to have this two-way street. You want to have someone else saying, okay, like I'm I'm reflecting on the decisions I've made and the choices I've made and what could I be doing differently? How could we be communicating better? But if the other person's not doing that, it's really, really challenging and it very much feels like banging your head against a brick wall, which a lot of us will do for a very, very long time. Um, I, I've done it myself. But, and I think that's kind of what's going on in my life now where I'm at is realizing that, I mean, I've always known I can only control me. I can only control how I feel, how I react, what I put around me, the energy that's around me. Um, and still things happen. Literally just today, something happened and I just had a visceral reaction, like clenching my jaw, clenching my fists, feeling like I'm going to throw up because my stomach is in knots because I'm so upset about this situation, the anxiety. It's like, spewing up in me and it's just toxic. And how do I deal with that? Because I'm on medication, I'm on therapy, but the person that I need to address this with isn't. 
and they aren't interested in that and they don't think they have a problem. So when that's the case, for me, I really just have to come back to, okay, then I just can't engage because continually engaging with something that's not healthy, you you can't change it. Like I I, I used to think like, okay, well, you know, it, when if you get in a relationship with a dude that's like not perfect, you're like, but I'll change him. We'll work on it. It'll be great. Like it never works out that way. People don't change if they aren't doing the work and don't want to do the work, no matter how badly we want to do the work for them or how badly we want them to change. I'm like super, super rambly at this point, you guys. Uh, I'm not even sure if I've I've really answered your question or not, Katie. Um, but my mental health journey has been very long and very circuitous. I don't even know if that's the word. It's been all over the place from, from a child. And it took me a long time from the therapist I saw at a child where it just felt like, like I said, it was checking a box because the parents were going through a divorce. And honestly, the judge, I think, probably ordered it at various times because the divorce was very ugly. Um, and then even going to therapy when um, when when Tad's mom passed away and like trying to help them through that. And it all, for the longest time when I was younger, just felt like this is what you do, but it doesn't make a difference. Um, so I think it was until I was in my mid-20s where I felt like I was the one choosing it that it was finally able to like start to affect change in the way I think, the way I, you know, interact with other people, the way I handle like anxiety and stresses. Um, and, and like I said, the, the situation, I wasn't even involved. It was, it was a situation that I was seeing from the outside that was bringing back up a lot of old feelings and memories and anxieties and then trying to figure out how to deal with that and like where that goes in my brain, like what part of that is reasonable and rational for me to feel versus what part of that do I need to like push aside and like this is, this is not a my bucket thing. Um, but that's really hard to do in a normal <laughs> I don't even know what normal is, but like in a normal family or a normal friendship or a normal workplace environment. Um, and mine's just very much not that. My family's never been normal. Um, the, there's just business overlap and friendship overlap and family overlap. And there's just been a lot of hurt, a lot of hurt people and people hurting other people. And um, we're not really out of the woods on it yet. So I, <laughs> I was actually texting my therapist this morning because I needed to reschedule an appointment. Um, but Steve sees her on his own. I see her on my own. Um, and then we see each other. Uh, we see her together when when we need to. And I'm super happy with my new um, medication so it's it's just it's Wellbutrin and Latuda right now, and while I definitely there was a period of adjustment because the Lexapro being an SSRI and the Latuda not being that, the Lexapro took the edge off the anxiety significantly more. So it's been a process for me to relearn and adjust with how to deal with this like slightly higher level of processing the anxiety, like. 
it's not that the more or less anxiety-inducing things are there. It's just been with my processing. And that also, you know, has kind of happened at the same time that I really stopped drinking. Um, I might have, you know, four or five drinks a year, which adds into that equation about mental health and, and emotional health and therapy and processing and not drinking really does change how you process things and makes you makes it come to like the forefront a lot more because whereas before I had like a shit day, I would come home and I'd be like, boom, bottle of rosé to the dome. I feel great. I can chill, can relax with the kids. And it was never a problem, but I wasn't solving any problems either. Um, so now not utilizing that as an outlet um, leaves these other opportunities to really like sit in a lot more discomfort, which I don't like doing. A lot of people don't like doing. So I get why you want to numb or like run away from the discomfort. And sometimes that's totally fine. Sometimes a glass of wine or a beer or a massage or, you know, a session on the guitar, like whatever it is to take like your head out of that space. No judgment on what anyone needs to do for that. But I'm still kind of trying to find what my um, what my equation is to to get my head out of the the really funky spaces it's been lately. Um, so hopefully, you know, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure if I educated you because I really don't know all the technicalities of a lot of the different medications. But I think all that to say. Just having a really open dialogue with someone who is is trained, like a psychiatrist. Um, psychologist and psychiatrist are different. One can prescribe, one can't. So um, for me, it seems like it made the most sense to go to the prescribing doctor so I could do talk therapy as well as have them combined medications that they thought were going to get the best result for me um, and just try to be patient with it because it's rare that whatever you're prescribed is like the perfect dose of the perfect medicine the very first time. Um, it's definitely a process. And even Steve, you know, his has changed over the years as our lives have changed and his needs have changed. So just be open to it. Um, and you guys keep asking, keep asking the hard questions. I would love to get someone on, um, who can talk a little more in depth about maybe the different types of, you know, SSRI versus um, things like Latuda and, and the various ones and how they interact in the brain. So if you guys think that might be interesting, um, call into the voicemail box um, and leave some messages. Again, like leave uh, leave any anything you guys think you want to know about. I love digging and finding like interesting people who have a unique take on um, on whatever that topic is. There's this super direct, very interesting doctor that I follow on Instagram that talks about all kinds of like sex stuff, like sexual dysfunction and and, and discharge and or, or like she talks about everything, but she does it in a way that's just very like approachable and easy to understand. So I'm going to try to get her on here um, to ask some, some fun questions, but um, it's going to be a short one today. Thank you so much for the question. Um, and it is not too personal. You guys know you can ask me whatever you want. Just click the link in the show notes and you can leave your voicemail. It can be an anonymous. It cannot. Um, however you guys are feeling. I hope you guys have such an amazing day and I'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.